Good morning, all. Moses here, reporting from Castle to Moses, 3.08. Um, just a bit of a different episode, this one. So I had a bit of a chat scheduled this morning. Unfortunately, the guest I had planned has fallen a little ill. Together, we were going to actually review the magazine, and that's kind of fallen apart at the 11th hour. There's a bit of roaming Moses bonus content included in this one uh, from a visit I did to the classic truck and machinery show. It's a big part of the content, but I figure I better blow it out and have a glance through this magazine myself. But for one man sitting at a table, talking to a phone, this is a new turnaround for this guy. So let's give this a go. I'm going to start out with a bit of general business. To all our Never Late crew, again, love your support. Love having you following along. Blake smiles pretty hard every time an episode drops, knowing the people we've got waiting. I want to say that episode uh, 2 the 60 was really well received. No one really held me accountable for chats around the uh, horse semen, so that was all right. Got to have a laugh. Got to really enjoy it because, you know, often it's just a fair bit of effort, a little bit of expense, and, you know, just joyous to be able to do these things. So anyway, want to say that uh, it's been a really busy season. Uh, AO is plotting a course up Central Australia, but we're definitely back in the studio on the 10th of the 2nd for normal release, which will come out on the 15th of February. Now I've just come back. This weekend, been down, checked out uh, the Colac Motor Fest, but on the eve of the show, which is a bit different. Again, with all the people that we know, you know, Jamie Clay's down there, Greg Forster's down there, met the wonderful family that are a big part of organising that event. Took down some dear friends of mine in uh, Apollina Aqualime and Luca Luca, who uh, they just love dressing up pin-up style, and uh, we had a really good time. Apollina got herself some photos with Greg Forster's car and Jamie's Camaro, and there's a little bit on my Moses McCready social media around that. The show was a big, um, it was going to be a big success, and I knew it, but kind of already had plans to head for Murnion because that's one of those things that I tend to do, so the grapes and gasoline show was always in my sights. But at Colac, Mitch Young debuted his stocker, 52 Chev Ute, the blown and flamed Ute, which has just been totally revamped by the marvellous Matt Egan, and it was going to be unveiled at that event, so that was one thing that I was definitely going to miss. Uh, Jay Clay was in there with his 632 into 69 Camaro, and it was definitely good to see him in there prepping for the show, because as we all know, friend of the podcast, Jamie, uh, big part of the show cars Melbourne scene, so sort of good to be able to touch base with those guys. Uh, Greg in there with Rebeline, his glorious custom Cadillac, and the Wildcat was going to be there. There were so many cars that it would have been really a great event for people to attend. So anyone who got down there, awesome. A uh, friend of the podcast, Dan Reynolds, mentioned, and was I going to be there? Because clearly he was, but can't be everywhere all the time. Had a pretty marvellous chat with Sandra Horn as well, again, friend of the podcast, who took her along her high-maintenance hot rod coupe. We just stood there and just chatted around Summonats and a few of the things that have come up since the event. So it be interesting, actually, to get AO into the studio on the 10th and for us to just chat around some of those things. But also putting together a panel-based episode down the track a little, just to basically chat around opinions and where they relate to today's scene and that there's some pretty amazing guests who just put the hand up and agreed to be part of that and our wonderful scotty i want to apologize for the quality of again uh this content that i've got today that's coming out which is a lot of it around uh, steam engines at classic truck and machinery show and of course there's some clunking and some banging and some whirring in the background so for your coverage on the colac stuff i'd check out greased and gassed socials 
there will be yeah plenty of content coming and i know chato will, uh, will definitely have us covered on the next event i went to which was yesterday and the grapes and gasoline show at murniong you know bumped in with ao as well as picks by shadow and those guys are going to have it content once more i was joined by my spirited company in luke and apolina unbelievable they were just taking photos all day with some amazing cars that was really good to see and if i mentioned it enough into here then i can clearly uh, post a fair bit of that up on our never late podcast instagram we got to do a bit of a revamp around our facebook so you're maybe not going to find us there for a little bit either you know alas right here right now no content here no content so definitely uh i'll put up some photos to cover that part feel like It'll be the only time we hadn't reviewed a magazine since June 2021 if a bloke wasn't to review a magazine. So I'm going to have a look through this uh, January 2024 stroke machine, going to pick a few favourites uh, of mine from the different sections and relay that into this episode. That'll be coming up right about now. Okay, let's bear with me as one man reviews Street Machine magazine. This is a bloody new new turn too. So, uh, okay, looking at June 2024 Street Machine magazine, uh, it's got the Trigger XY on the front. It's a great issue. Again, it's been the busy season, and I guess what I'd like to say is buy the magazine when it's available. Read it when you can. Sometimes that's the way you've got to do it. So let's go for it. My top car, my top pick in this one would have to be on page 94, the Gundagai Grey Resto Mod HT van of Chris Borg. It's one of those finds that was spotted in the back of another ad. There was a for sale ad. You could spot the shell in the back corner. Uh, it says it was covered in barn dust, but apparently it had a mud brick house and uh, maybe they've built a barn, you know, so I won't really hold them accountable, but, you know, what do I normally like to call it? Call it shed grot rather than barn dust, but it's a result of 12 months of parts trawling, had to find an upper and lower tailgate, the handles and stuff were prohibitively expensive, so finally uh, got to that stage, we had all the bits, went for the rotisserie build on it, heap of rust repairs, building COVID times like a lot of the cars, uh, mate's got a home renovation business and uh, yeah, work slowed up a bit so we got stuck into it. But it's been built to resemble what might have been a NASCO parts delivering vehicle from back in the day. So just gun the guy grey, rolling on big steelies, 350 turbo, 359 inch and he's going to paint some NASCO signage on the sides of it too just to really seal that deal. So that's really cool. Subtle, understated, but a really nice van. So big fan of that one. Um, it was also good to see on page 80 in that magazine, Big L from the Skid Factory's Big Block Crown get a feature, you know, because a lot of people probably who listen to us might have followed along with the Skid Factory and watched Big L putting his dream together. So that was awesome to see. Friend Luke last night had a glance across, had a lot of time for page 88, which is the Brendan Wright build-up of his late grandfather's XM Coupe. It's got the 364 Dart Stroker, intro billets, but trim looks like standard XM. Had to fight against Dad to touch with the build regards and put the big taco and a bit of stuff he wanted to do. It's a really cool build, and again, to honour the, the late grandfather. And we've got a photo with Nan standing beside it, which was really cool to see. Then we move along. Let's move along to the best of the builds. Pretty excited to see in the best of the build section an LX hatchback replica that's been put together, which I thought was a pretty exciting um, innovation. Yeah, I would have expected that maybe we're going to get a few replica cars 
where things have got prohibitively expensive. Page 116, we're going for in the build. Uh, LX Tirana replica. Drive South is restarting Australia's car industry by building replicas of the iconic 77 Holden Tirana hatchback. The prototype is currently under construction, is due for completion in early 2024, where it will be submitted for full road registration, incorporating the latest in technology and components and being built from scratch here in Queensland. Designed using CAD and will feature an extruded and bonded aluminium platform chassis, which is the same methodology used by Lamborghini, Ferrari and high-end Audis. The chassis will be fully load-bearing, allowing the use of lightweight fibreglass composite bodywork. Under the skin, it's going to run an LS3, TR6060, 6L80. So those are the options. 9-inch IRS incorporating 35 spline, strange centre, 1,000 horsepower axles. Just really cool to see a brand new hatchback being built. Also in the build, we've got Rob Bennett with a 48 Austin A40 with a blown stroked 354 Hemi, stroked out to 364 cube. And like I say, if you can't afford the thing you want to build, find something that not everybody's excited about and make it cool. And I think that really sinks that point. There's some other great cars in there as well. So I'm not sure what AO might have picked in this magazine. Um, yeah, and we haven't really had a chance to have chats around it. Because as I say, we are both pretty busy. So moving along to a reader's pride and i keep flicking past it one i'm going to have to drop in as a special mention as well because uh dear friend of uh patina breakdown dear friend of mine who i've come to know over a little while but yeah uh jordan davis on page 134 has zh fairlane you know tunnel rams velocity stack type air cleaners coming out through the bonnet just a really tidy zh but even when I read down, the Carby's uh, twin 350s on a tunnel ram. But it just looks tough you know, and probably a little economical in the build. So that's a cool thing. Oh, yeah, there we go. JJ Sonday has a 74 Plymouth Cooter. And all it says in this little write-up is, Greetings, here's my original owner, 74 Plymouth Cooter with 37,000 original miles on the clock was painted in 1981 by the legendary metal flake artist Hank Z and is a true rust-free 70s survivor from northeast Pennsylvania. That's a really cool car. But to see the graphics and stuff on it, that definitely had me smiling, but to realise that they were painted on there in 1981. Yeah, very cool car. So uh, moving along to the Sunday sesh, uh, there's a photo in the top corner that grabbed me straight away. It's by the Kid Gamble Barbershop. Just a really cool old, yeah, I guess we'll use the word patina if we have to, five-window coupe, just sitting out in front of the barbershop there. Really good shot. Bruce Howie's got one in there where he's actually tracked down, uh, yeah, she's an FB, sitting out there in the middle of the bloody wilderness of uh, Northern Territory. You know, our wonderful correspondent who I've got to get more in touch with and we'll build a little bit of content with Brucey through the year. Plenty of kids featuring in the Sunday sesh, as they usually are and just good to see you know and as i've said it before we bring the kids with us into this culture no kids want to restore cars pulling at moses's heartstrings a little bit on page 112 we've got the hb tirana the silver one that race drag challenge uh, going wheels up it's got an ls in it yeah so a bit of a glance through that feature bit of a shout out to the drag challenge event andrew baumgartner with his 67 hb tirana run the six liter it's got the whole tech got the Garrett GDX 
509R Gen 2 and just a staunch car, but the CHB wheels up will always get this guy's attention. So that was great to see. Uh, what else have we got? Because I've just dropped a few post-it notes in as I do. And here it is here. On page 120, we've got Brian Petrus. Bloody wonderful bloke, Brian, but it's the most rusted, shitty-looking bloody HQ you've ever seen, and it's gorgeous. The engine bay is gorgeous. It's a really high-end build. It's running a six-litre. It's got the rough Q number plates. And, yeah, Brian, dear mate Devani and the rest of the Patina Breakdown crew, and, yeah, just love his car. But just a little anecdote I'll share at Patina Breakdown. Brian bumped into a mate that, you know, they hadn't seen each other for over 30 years, and one's got a buddy, uh, an XA with a whole heap of cow patina where cows have been rubbing up against it, and Brian's got his HQ there, and those blokes just bump into each other at Patina Breakdown and rekindle a friendship which was pretty amazing to see. And, you know, one declared about the other one that he didn't even realise he was into cars. Yeah, so that's amazing stuff. This is going to be a 10-minute bloody mag review by the look of it, but there's so much more content in there, and this guy just can't cover it all. And it's a Monday morning. I've got to get to work at some point. I can't keep doing this, as I say. Our bloody fearless and tireless uh, producer Scotty is sitting there twiddling the thumbs waiting for me to send a heap of cop files to get across to put this episode together. But I'll also mention out on page 126, we've got the blown gaskets, uh, Simon Major writing about Simon Major, I guess. And it's another one I haven't found the time to delve deep into, but it's about the evolution and about how builds can continue to evolve. Say so Simo ponders whether a street machine's natural desire to constantly evolve their rides can kill some of the fun along the way. And I guess that's the point too, you know, when your car's on the road you're smiling. You know, I've got a 304. I've contemplated whether I put the 304 in the Nash just to give it a more of a I mean it's it's reliable, it runs well, it works well. It's really hard to think about building a lesser car from that car just for the sake of it, you know, maybe <clears throat> then the Tunnel Ram 308 to 350 could then go into a little Chevy Love that I've got to make a start on. But while your car's rolling, sometimes it's just best to keep enjoying them. So that's probably one of the shortest mag reviews ever. Um, I also found uh, there was a Commodore in here, Chaos, Chaos GM, what is it? Uh, yeah, Chaos GM, Chantel Love Day Lamont. Started out with a bit of burnout action, giving it more a street appeal. Her, uh, yeah, what is it, a VZ Senator? And it's a cool looking car. Um, tubs, big wheels, really nice trim job, but just gave it a makeover. What is it? Around 2018, I decided on a makeover as I, I hadn't been looking after club, uh, yeah, well, it's club sport anyway, this idiot gets it wrong. Also, as the events became stricter, it started getting boring as I have no interest in two-minute burnouts on the pad. I preferred playing on the track. So thanks to my mates, Ozzy and Dan, we tubbed the car, added a sunroof, fixed all the panels up and painted the car VW Golf Grey with a custom touch. Might even do a show engine bay because it's currently black. Now the clubby has real head-turning street appeal and you can hear it coming. There's the evolution of a Commodore in the club sport by a lovely young lady and it's good to see the ladies in our scene really stamping their place. So that's the shortest magazine review I think we've ever done. A little bit of page turning just to keep Scotty on his toes and I'll now surrender it over and at the end of this uh, 
you'll uh, be into the roaming Moses material as mentioned in the intro. So thanks heaps for bearing with us, guys. And once more, we'll be back in the studio on the on February the 10th for a release on the subsequent Thursday and things will start to get back to a bit to normal. But there's some exciting news and some exciting changes coming in for 2024 as well. And as I've mentioned before, living in my uh, paradise now in this old Victorian home in Dunstown and looking to really build the Rome to Moses component where people can come to my place. We can sit out the back over a couple of frothies and when cool things are spoken about, they'll be dragged into that studio. So it'll sort of be, it'll have a different feel. It won't be as strictly you know scripted i guess which yeah you know everyone's going to say you never fucking script anything um, but it just gives the opportunity to build broader conversations around cars around life anything that doesn't delve too deeply into the car scene can become a bonus on an off weekend and we'll really just start to grow what we've built upon since june 2021 yeah bear with us as we settle ourselves into 2024 so again thanks for listening guys Okay, Roaming Moses reporting from the uh, antique machinery shed at the Geelong Classic Truck and uh, Machinery Show. Here with Greg. How you going, mate? You're not too bad. That's the way. Spotted you over there in the paddock, swinging off a big flywheel, trying to get something ticking over. Yes, we've got quite a lot of uh, large engines here at the in the mini shed. Yep. There's uh, quite a few big concrete block-mounted engines. Yep. And some big portable engines in the yard. Yeah. Do you own a few of these yourself? I own, a, own a couple of them. Uh, some of them are, are club-owned. Yep. Um, What's the club, mate? It's the vintage machinery section of the Royal Geelong Show. Oh, yeah, right, right. That's the club. And do a few of the other owners of these machines lean on you a little bit for a little bit of your expertise? Oh, sometimes. I'm starting to think that might be the case. This one we're standing in front of, mate, the Blackstone. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about this? Well, this this particular engine uh, came from up there at um, Pyramid Hill. Yeah. Uh, used to drive a uh, butter factory. Oh, yeah, right. So it was bought many years ago at a farm clearing sale. Yep. And it was brought back to Geelong and set up here at the Geelong show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, so no, you're a dab hand at this, at this stuff, mate. Yeah, I've had a few years uh, of wandering around the shed and the yard. Yeah, I'm, gonna look, I'm looking at you thinking maybe you're younger than me. What's your vintage, mate? My vintage? Oh, 53. 53 model. Jesus, you're bloody tidy. Yeah. I'm 54 and oh. looking a bit haggard, so, you know, we're going oh, to try and look out for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And again, different strokes for different folks. You know, yeah. I drive into that 48 Nash with its tunnel ram 308. Yeah. And you're playing in the steam crew. Yeah, I'm in the old stuff. Yeah, no, it's really good, mate. We're all enthusiastic. We are. We're all like things mechanical. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. No, absolutely we do, mate. One thing we don't like? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, EVs? Oh, EVs. Yeah, or the ignorance well, around EVs, mate. Yeah, well, that's, that's the way of the future. I don't yeah. know. Um, well, that's what they're saying, it's the way of the future. Yeah, that's it. If we all band together, regardless of whether we're into steam or into petrol or into bloody E85 race fuel, yep. maybe we've got a little power as a group. Yeah, well, <laughs> at some point, fuel might be hard to buy, actually. Yeah, no, it could be, but I think, yeah, sometimes the uh, facts are disguised by a bit of virtue. 
Oh yeah, I don't know whether the carbon footprint of the uh, EVs are um, necessarily less than the internal combustion engines. So you get every car that doesn't have an engine find an appropriate engine to put in it, and then we won't build any more cars until we've sorted that. You know. Oh well, yeah, true. Yeah, no, well, good. It's a bit much of a throwaway society these yeah, days. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Eve. Yeah, no worries. Cheers, Greg. Here with Simone. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I wandered in and saw you fueling this uh, boiler up here. Yes. And shoving a heap of bloody wood in there. Uh-huh, quite a bit of wood, actually. Yeah, no. We go through about six trolleys in a day. Six trolleys a day? Yeah, so it's about three and a half tonne of wood or thereabouts. Yeah, well, the lady with a bit of an ass, can you tell me a bit about this one? So this is a George and George boiler. Yeah. And this is actually our second boiler that we've had of this make. So yeah. the first one we had was decommissioned about five years ago. Yep. And then this one was recommissioned, so this is our second one. Yep. Um, and put back into service, and it's actually only its 16th day. Oh. So it's only been on, we went back online for 16 days. Yep, still but running it in. <laughs> we actually are still running it in, and we're having a lot of teething problems along the way, but that's quite normal yeah, when no. we recommissioned something. Before I can even hit record, you've made your apology. If you've got to rush off the business part of this, is the most important part of <laughs> Absolutely. this. Absolutely, so. you've got to make sure there's lots of water in there. Yeah. yeah so that's the main thing. And just keeping it up with fire and with wood as well. Yeah. Um, I guess we're running all the machinery down the back of the house here. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and it's a fine line between keeping the pressure up enough to run everything. Yep. And keeping enough pressure and enough water in the boilers so that we don't lose pressure or lose too much water. Or, yeah, so you're sort of chasing a bit. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. You had a good weekend with it? We've had an amazing weekend, actually. It's been beautiful. Yeah, no, friends of mine, because I'm from Ballarat, but friends of mine were posting photos everywhere yesterday, and I'm like, oh, cool. I need to get here, but I already knew I needed to be here. <laughs> so. You picked a better day for it. Yesterday was overcast and cloudy. Yeah, well, I rolled. had a bit of rain. So. Yeah, I rolled in with my 48 Nash Ambassador, and I've had nothing but smiles as I came through the gate. I fantastic. felt pretty, well, pretty welcomed here. You are very welcome. Yeah. yeah. very welcome. And, it, and because all this machinery lives here, so, you know, even when there's no show on, you're still in here playing? Uh, yeah, we are in here playing. So on a Tuesday night, we come in and we play. Sometimes we, sometimes it's a chat. Yeah. Sometimes we play around and we're either restoring something or running some of the machinery. Yep. Um, not tending to be on the fire boiler because it's a big setup and it's a big packer. Yeah. Uh, but we do use the package boiler, which runs on oil, waste oh. oil. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll use that and have a bit of play with toys and shut everything down before we go home. Oh, this baby, she'll take about four hours to come back down to a safe level before we can leave her. Yep. And then she'll still be warm over the next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she gets the heat really well. No, that's really good. No, thank you. Appreciate your time. Okay, Roaming Moses, joined by Bob. Of, I'm imagining the Dali, but he fire services, but uh, apparently not. This one's the decommissioned engine you got here. It was commissioned for the Melbourne Metropolitan Fire Brigade Centenary in uh, 1991. Yep. It probably gave them about 10 or 15 years service. Then it was upgraded and then it was handed on to the Fire Museum. There you go, and you're a part of the Fire Museum. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm older than quite a few of the trucks up there. Yeah, there you go. You've probably got a fair grip around the whole history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know too much about it. I was, I was involved with the, with the CFA. Yep. Yeah, I was one of the service people at the CFA, servicing their uh, breathing apparatus and all that sort of gear. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that kept me going for 20 years. It was a good job, actually. Yeah, no. Really good and clearly a good crew because you know you're still you're still attached to it. You know, couldn't leave it behind in retirement. You're still you know out here telling the stories and sharing the moments. 
you can't seem to give these things away when you, when you grow up a little bit with them. No, totally understandable, mate. And yeah, any any exciting stories to share? Anybody? Not really. No. Great a few drugs on the other blokes over the years. Oh, yeah, right. Yep, yep. Can't do it today, though. No, no, not a chance, mate. Got to be on your game. Oh, yeah, you got to behave yourself today. Yeah. And I think especially, uh, again, they're looking around these steam boys and see how much they're going to be on their game with the big machinery, you know. You've got to yeah, be focused. Right. Yeah. All focused. Yeah. And where's the, fire mu- where's the fire services museum located, mate? Well, we've got the belt with the trucks at Newport. Yep. Champion Road, Newport. Yep. The old railway workshop. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we've got the, uh, the other displays at, uh, at Gisborne Street in the old... Number one fire station. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just open weekends, public holidays. Yeah. Type thing for yeah. visitors. Yeah, they're open. They're not open Saturday. They're open Thursday, Friday and Sunday. Oh, yeah. 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 No worries at all, mate. Appreciate the chat. Oh, well. Turn, you turn up at the museum, ask for buddy Bob Flynn. You're all right. <laughs> no, appreciate it, mate. Okay, Roaming Moses. I'm joined by Murray Langford. Is that was that the name? I got it that's, right. That's the name. Oh, yeah. there you go. We're standing behind this truck with a girly truck painted on the back of it because it's owned by a lady. Yeah, it's owned by Mrs. Armstrong, Elaine Armstrong. Yep. She comes from Beachport in South Australia. Oh yeah. And uh, this truck belonged to her husband at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he's passed away since. And so she's uh, taken over operating the truck, and that's why the girly truck is on the back. Yeah. She drives it everywhere. Did he, did he, and you restored this truck? Yes, you... yeah, we restored it for him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, oh, a few years ago now, but... Yeah, it's... tell us about the model, mate, what model yeah, truck? it's a 1958 Dodge. Yeah. Uh, with a little uh, six-cylinder side valve, 230 cubic inch motor. Yep. I think it's about 230. Yep. Um, but it was a full restoration right down to the uh, chassis and, and everything yeah. done up on it. Uh, and uh, it's, it's yeah, been a good, reliable little truck for yeah, her. Yeah, it's a beautiful truck. Did truck. she drive it across? Yes, she did. Uh, she's, it's done a few k's now yep. uh, to, on, on different trips through Victoria, week-long trips, you know. Yeah. Another one, we followed Goiter's line last year for about a week in South Australia, we camping out. You know, good, uh, good little camp. It looks gorgeous inside. It looks like yeah. walking into a 40s buddy lounge room, mate. <laughs> so, love yeah, the way, love yeah, the layout well, in the, there. Got the woman's attitude in there. Yeah. yeah and got, the, got the right seats. Got a few right doilies and, you know, all, all the pretty stuff. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah no. Do, yeah. It's a gorgeous truck, Murray. Yeah. No. Uh, she's looked after it well. So. And you did the paint as well, yourself, uh, or you got a painter? I've got a painter who, uh, who did that. I did a bit of the mechanical work on yeah. itself. Do you run a business around this stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah we do in Mount Gambia, but we're, we're flat out. We just... Uh, don't need to spruik. Don't need to, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a shed with about 10 or 12 years of trucks in uh, there ready, yeah. ready to do. Yeah. I had a mate back in the day that worked at Smith's Truck Wreckers in Ballarat. Yes. Worked for Robert yeah. Smith and... Um, Basically, it's like, just like working on cars, but everything's twice as big, twice That's as heavy, right. if not four times as heavy. It's got to have all the right gear. Yeah, yeah. that'd be but a big part of it. It's, uh, it's a beautiful paint job. The guy that does our paint work, who works for me, he, uh, 
He's very experienced in polyurethane. Yep. So this is polyurethane and uh, yeah, it's, it's just comes up beautifully off the gun. Yeah, that's um, unreal. But, and she keeps it keeps it re really nice, you know, polishes it. And yeah. She has to. Just looks after it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gorgeous, mate. Again, you wouldn't wouldn't find a bug on it today for the road miles and stuff. No, bugs don't stick much to polyurethane. <laughs> mate of mine reckons too with yeah. his Zephyr about how he gets bugs on the windscreen, and we were telling him he was putting them on there with a slingshot yeah. for effect, you know. Oh, so maybe the bugs have got they got yeah, a chance well, to fly the away. Yeah, white <laughs> over there. That's got them on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, no, I really appreciate your time, Murray. Thank no, you very much for the chat, mate. You're welcome. Okay, Roaming Moses still reporting from the Geelong Classic Truck and Machinery Show. I'm here with Alan, who owns this Daimler that kind of blew me mind a little bit on the walk by earlier okay. because yeah. I thought maybe it had a Hemi in it. I'm thinking, yeah, well, that's probably a hemispherical-headed Daimler engine yeah. or something that I've never heard of. Yeah, Daimler was uh, owned by PSA. And uh, Ed Turner, who was the uh, CEO who designed the Bonneville motorcycle engine, yep. designed this engine, which All is right. a two and a half litre yep. Emmy based on four Bonnevilles. Oh, there you go. So that gives you the two and a half litres. Yeah, yeah. And it puts out 140 horsepower with the SU carburetors. Yep. Um, and the car is very lightweight, it's fiberglass. It's yeah. The name La Dart or SP250. Yep, 1959 or something. 1959, yeah. And uh, they were good for 120 mile an hour back oh. in, in, late, in 59. So police bought a few for chasing motorcycles. Yep. And uh, it's basically a flexible flyer. It rattles a lot because there's virtually no structure in it. It's just yeah. a, a Triumph TR3A modified frame. Yep. And uh, there's no structure in the fiberglass body. Yeah. But it uh, means they go pretty well. No, no doubt at yeah. all. Maybe like a little fiberglass body A model roadster with a V8 right. in it. Yeah, but, exactly. And yeah. how many of these were made, do you know? About 2,500. 2,500 in yeah. total. Yeah, in total. Uh, Jaguar bought Daimler in 61. Yeah. So they made some modifications, and there's a later series too that had more structure. Yeah. It was a little bit heavier. And then uh, when they were going to do the next series, they realised that uh, they were basically the same price as an E-Type Jag. Yeah. And the E-Type Jag was a much nicer car. Yeah, yeah. And more refined um, and slight, well, about slightly better performance except for fuel economy, obviously. Yeah. Because these are really good, efficient engines. Yeah, father had an early E-Type back in the day up yeah. for about 10 minutes. Okay. Um, he got bought it as a, it was a repossessed. I think he paid 9500 for it and then yeah. thought that 14 was good money, so he sold it and all of a sudden you couldn't buy one for under 55, didn't matter how rooted it was. Right, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got an E-Type I bought over from, from Canada. Yeah. This one came from America when I was over there. I lived there for 23 years. Yeah, yeah. And I bought this in the 80s, so I've had it for quite a while. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. But I paid like $3,000 for it, and yeah. now they're worth 60. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But even the little fins and stuff, they're oh, really, yeah. Yeah, it's really styled, attractive. It was styled to, to take over the American market, so that's why it's got a V8 that's made out of plastic. Yeah, they're Basically, yeah. we're taking on the Corvette. Yeah. And the performance it. is very similar except for obviously better fuel economy. Yeah. But they were the same price. So you had to buy this rattly old thing yeah. uh, with a strange engine in it, or you could buy a yeah. Corvette with a well-known 
5.7 litre, whatever it was back yeah. then, V8. So uh, that's what they bought. Yeah, but I've even heard like, uh, you know, early Lamborghinis, they reckon they were creaking and groaning as you're driving them up that's the right. road. You yeah. had to pay a whole lot of money for that privilege of something that just rattled and clunked and they look good, squeaked and creaked. Yeah, but they looked good. This that thing, was the main this part. Thing looks a little bit unusual. You get used to it and after a while it begins to look good. Yeah, no, I reckon it looked good the moment I saw it, but I, I'm addicted with, to unusual. Yes, right. Yeah. So having a 48 Nash ambassador, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a few unusual pieces too. So. Yeah, what else is in the shed at home? Uh, I've got a, a, a base car, a Cooper, 1951 Cooper. Yeah. Take that to Sandown and uh, and uh, Winton. Yeah. Uh, the, obviously the E-Type, which is a, a roadster from America. Yep. Uh, a, this engine in the Jag Mark II, which is called a Daimler V8 250, yeah. which is the same engine as this, and a 1936 BSA car, which is front-wheel drive. Oh, nice. They didn't make many of those either back. No. half thousand of them. No. What was the first car you ever had with the licence? Uh, that would be in England, and it was uh, a Renault 4. Renault 4. Yeah. There you go. Slow, because I had a motorbike and sidecar. And my parents said, oh, we'll buy you a car as long as it's a lot slower than that much. <laughs> so, you know, a car was useful at uni. You could take all your stuff with you. Yeah. So, so that was good. Right. And I got uh, 13 old PSA motorbikes as well. Oh, beautiful. Plus a Manx Norton and a few other things. No, nah, that's fantastic. You've got to have all your toys, haven't you? Oh, you certainly do. You know, At the moment, I can't stop driving that Nash enough to bloody get to build more toys. <laughs> I've got a Chevy Love that I need to bloody pay attention to pretty soon. It's just yeah. sitting there waiting for its turn. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I like to get out and just see people who are enjoying yeah. their cars, mate. So. Right, so I had the body off restoration of this in the early 2000s after I brought it over from America. Yep. And then I had another respray by a professional painter about four or five years ago. Yep. Because uh, the, the plastic crazes a lot. Yeah. So you've got to have the, a good paint to put it on the right thickness, yeah. the right kind of paint, then they don't crack anymore, and this yeah. one hasn't. No, I totally get that. Mate's yeah. got an early arm, um, got a 64 Corvette, and yeah, she was flaky paint everywhere, yeah. and just yeah, straight back to the glass. That's right. Take a little yeah. bit of getting them right. Yeah. Even yeah. nowadays, people struggle to paint, paint a plastic bumper compared to painting the car, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. Kinda, yeah. It all behaves yeah. differently, but nah, thanks heaps for your time, Alan. I really appreciate okay. it. Cheers, Very good. Okay, Roaming Moses reporting once more from the classic truck and machinery show at Geelong. But uh guy that I was told about as I drove in the gate is young Charlie that owns a black Galaxy. Uh, do you want to have a chat about the Galaxy, mate? <laughs> well, we uh, got it a few years ago. Um, that was actually from car sales. And uh, the guy listed at 12.03 in the morning. 12.06, my dad woke up and he remembered his godmother had one. Yep. Um, put a deposit down for it. And the guy who's selling it, his ex-wife put a caveat on all of his assets. Yeah, right. Including the car. Yep. Took us about a year or two in and out of court to finally get our hands on the car. Yep. And uh, when we went to pay, in, we had an hour to pay in full and take the car. Yep. Shannon was there with a tow truck, ready to take it away from us. On the spot. And yep. uh, we bought it, and the person from Shannon's came over and offered to um, hand over all their research. Yep. They found on the car, and that's when we found out uh, it was Sir Robert Menzies in 65 when he was Prime Minister. Unbelievable. So it is a 65? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It hasn't been restored in its life? No, or? It's, that's how we got it. Wow. Um, new uh, weather trip, like the rubbers. Yeah, the yeah. New, but that's about it. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And you, dra you get down a fair bit? Yeah, I drag it out. <laughs> nah, and again, like, yeah, love seeing P-plates yeah. on things like that. You yeah. know, not everybody needs a bloody Ranger either. Yeah. What are your daily, though? Just curious. Um, 
I, my brother's got a Suzuki Alto. Oh, yeah. Tiny <laughs> bug box. Yeah, from that to this is a bit different. Yeah, um, getting out of this into me Renault traffic tomorrow is going to hurt me going to <laughs> Melbourne, but, you know, we've got to do what we've got to do as well. Yeah, so. Absolute pleasure to drive, though. Yeah, no, it would be. It's just a big lounge room on wheels. Yeah. I had a 67 Impala Pillarless that I was building when I was 17 yep. when I got my licence. Yeah, and just beautiful old car. They just swallow the roads up and, yep. yeah, no. Just float around. That's awesome. So... How long have you guys had it now? Uh, a few years. Um, yeah. Probably got it 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Has Dad got anything else, or this is just nah, the pride and joy of the family? <laughs> just this. Uh, yeah. Nah, very cool, mate. Yeah. Nah, definitely good that I got an opportunity to see you. I nearly parked, I parked in here, and there was another car parked here, and I thought, I'm nearly bloody blocking this guy in, but I reckon if you can steer this around on P-plates, you could probably avoid me, yeah. I think. I think there was enough room to get by. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Nah, and how do you like the show? Been good? Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, you into the steam stuff a bit, or the trucks? Yeah, so um, they actually open up on Tuesdays. People can go down and have a look around and work on it with them. Yeah, so you're part of the crew. I'm, I'm going to start heading down and get into it a bit. Yeah, no, actually, you spoke to a couple, spoke to Greg and Simone in the shed there, and they were talking about the Tuesday Tuesday yeah. thing and how good it is. Yeah. So, no, bloody awesome, mate. Good to see you here, and good to see you out there flying that flag, mate. Yep. And, Again, may as well have the diplomatic flags on the guards at this yeah. point. I just need to get an A-frame sign. Yeah, <laughs> a little, yeah, like little sandwich board yeah. would be handy. Mm-hmm. And again, my car, I come back and yeah. there's four people standing here yeah. looking at it. I'm like, oh, man, maybe I need the same thing. But <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe people are a bit oblivious to the uh, three, Tunnel Ram 308 under the bonnet and stuff because yeah. she just looks a bit original old dunger. But, yeah, yeah no, yours is gorgeous, mate. Yeah, yeah well Thank done. You. Cheers, bud. Nice. Okay, so the beard back for the sign-off. Again, thanks heaps, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks heaps for joining us on this little bit of a scary episode that one bloke pulled together by himself. And uh, stay tuned for the next one. Again, in the studio on the 10th, which will be the Saturday, the subsequent Thursday, we'll be back as per normal with something we'll probably, instead of calling 60 plus one, we might even call that one episode 61, where AO's back in-house. Okay, signing off, over and out.